It is Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. Happy Hall of Fame Day. We will get to that momentarily. Hope you had a nice weekend, my friend. You look good. You look well-rested. How you doing? I'm not well-rested at all. I did have a great weekend. I partied. This week, I had a bar mitzvah on Saturday. We had a big barbecue on Ooh. Sunday. Then last night, I went to this like tech venture capitalist athlete dinner and met some interesting people. So I'm on a three-day kick here. But uh, wow. yeah, I think today starts my my time of rest and wellness, Chris. Got to get these bags out of my eyes. How you doing? Well, maybe I'm fine. During the AMP portion of the program, I think maybe we're going to have to get into the uh, tech venture capitalist athlete. Let's get into uh, it. Explanation. I think we will. We will. And it's one of the many reasons you want to join us every day when we do this live on the AMP app. It gives you a chance to interact with us, spend half the time doing the show for the podcast and the YouTube uh, audience out there, which we greatly appreciate. But then we also love mixing it up with our John Boy Media community. So why don't you start joining us on the AMP app if you haven't already started doing so? Um, I am wearing an Angels cap because it is the biggest story that happened in baseball on Monday. Artie Moreno. No, I am not selling the Angels. I will be owning them in 2023 and beyond. If you are a Halos fan, your reaction is? Well, Chris, I happen to follow a lot of Angel fans on my social media, and most of them were not happy with the news. You know, when we talked about this, when they first announced that he was an explorer sale, we said, this is a done deal. Like He wants to capitalize on this market, um, having Shohei and Mike Trout together, all these things. And it seemed like the Angels moves in the offseason were leading up to a sale. And then here we go. Artie seemingly comes out of nowhere, though. I'm sure that most people behind the scenes knew that he wasn't really interested in selling the team. So I don't know where we go from here. If I'm an Angels fan, I'm indifferent about it. it just I, come, I guess I'm numb to it. Now, there's a couple of things you can point towards, like, Angels fans could have, could have wanted a new owner that was going to come, you know, spend like Steve Cohen. And maybe that would have happened, but I don't think payroll's really ever been the issue for the Angels. Um, so, like, maybe it would have changed there. I think maybe you would have got a, an owner that would have kept his hands out a little bit, let the baseball people do the baseball things. That would have been interesting. Uh, but ultimately, I don't think it, I don't know if it matters who's owning the angels right now. I know they wanted somebody new in there because it just hasn't worked out over the last eight years. I think they haven't made the playoffs in eight years. I don't know where they go from here, Chris. I don't know what the recipe is to fix this team. You know, we have these guys Shohei's on the docket. Now we better figure out what to do with this guy. Cause we didn't trade him, and we, we got to try to extend him. I think that's one of the bigger issues with this whole thing is what's Shohei going to think of this. Was Shohei hoping a new owner was going to come in and it was he going to be wooed by this guy to stay? And now it's it's already all over again, so we'll see how that goes. But I think you're confused if you're an Angels fan. That's what I am with this franchise. You know, I, I want to like the Angels. There's a lot of fun players on this team. It's a great place to go watch a ball game. It's awesome. It's a beautiful stadium. But they haven't given us anything. And now this is kind of, it seems like to be more of the same in the upcoming years. I think confusing is the right word to use. I think that's probably where I would sit if I were a Halos fan. And just as a baseball fan here, I think I'm a little confused. I think the excitement is that whenever you get the prospects of having a new owner, and particularly when you haven't made the playoffs in as long as they have and have made it only one time since 2009, um, 
then yeah, you're like, oh my God, can't wait. Especially if it's a guy like Joe Lacob who owns the Warriors and his name had been mentioned that. And you see all the success they have up there and the amount of money that they spend up there and the fact that they got a new arena and all sorts of stuff. You're like, wow, you dare to dream a little bit. Really, if you're an Angels fan today, the Artie Moreno tenure will be judged on only one thing at this point. Extending Shohei Otani. That is it. That's it. Because as great as Mike Trout has been, he has never been as big globally as Shohei Otani. I mean, he's been one of one. That's it. We've been blessed to watch Mike Trout, but he's never gravitated toward being the guy. He just wants to be the best player possible and then go watch his Philadelphia Eagles in the offseason, hang out with his family. And that's fine. Shohei is so much bigger than that. So really, that's it. I, I Let's be honest. Do you know that the Angels are going to have the highest payroll of any team in the American League West this year? I mean, I know they're, they've been a top 10 team for the last, you know, decade. So I don't think that's been a – that hasn't been the problem, like I said. But you're totally right. Artie Moreno, whatever you do with the rest of the team, you're going to be known either as the owner who kept Shohei Otani or let Shohei Otani walk. That's the bottom line because yep. this guy does transcend a season. He does. He transcends two seasons. This guy is going to be talked about for the rest of time in baseball history. That's how big this is. And I know people may may not understand that right now, but when we're sitting back in 20 years and we're talking about the career of Shohei Otani, it's going to be the 2023 season. Did he stay with the Angels or did they let him go and he became, you know, an even bigger superstar somewhere else? It's It's going to come down to this. And it's a massive decision. And I don't know. If he can do anything about it, what what can he do? Because there's money, other teams are going to offer this dude money. So like, yes. that's not it. So I don't know how you're that's going to it. convince him to stay. Well, really, the, the performance of the team will convince him to stay. Shohei has to feel like, I mean, you, you have to imagine he's comfortable there, right? Um, sure. So, you know, the fear of the unknown could be something that allows him to stay at a place like Anaheim. But if there's other opportunities and the team has a 75 win season, then I imagine it's see you later. But I think that's the way uh, that's the way it'll go. Uh, let's move on to the baseball hall of fame announcement, which happens later today at six o'clock Eastern Fred McGriff is going in via the contemporary era ballot, but how big a deal will it be if nobody else joins him in Cooperstown later on this summer? I think it'll be absolutely just silly. I mean, that's what I think. I think that all these guys that are eligible right now that I'm looking at that they're talking about, maybe besides Carlos Beltran, because we still have to figure out, you know, how to deal with his role in that in the Astros scandal. I think that we really have to think about that because that's a that's a big one. Um, but if you're talking Scott Rowland, don't people remember how good this guy was? It was incredible to watch him play. So I, I think he should get in. I think Billy Wagner should get in, no problem. I mean, Andrew Jones, like go go talk to ball players about these guys. They belong in the Hall of Fame. I don't think we need to keep the Hall of Fame so tiny and tight. Like these guys, for an extended period of time, were the best players in the game. I think they, I mean, most of these guys should get in the hall. The only one that's to me, we have to think about and talk about because his numbers certainly warrant it. Uh, it's Carlos Beltran and his role in, the, in that scandal. Well, my buddy John Paul Morosi came out with a tweet that sounds like Todd Helton is trending way up on Great. Thibodeau's ballots, uh, if you follow that sort of stuff. So I think it'll be a fascinating vote at the end of the day. 
as far as big picture here, I um I do want a bigger haul. Some people are very small hall people. They feel like that's the beauty of the Baseball Hall of Fame compared to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, compared to the NBA. I'm not as familiar with the NHL and the numbers that go in every year. But with the NFL, there's usually eight new people. There's five on the modern era ballot. They stuff that thing. You can have a maximum of five, and five make it every year. Um, and then there's a couple of from like the senior committee and things like that. So there's always a group of seven or eight in the NFL. In baseball, last year it was Ortiz. In 2021, nobody was newly elected. 2013, nobody, except for three dead guys. That's not healthy for your sport. We're looking to grow the sport. It, it shouldn't be like, nope. You can't have this fictitious bouncer outside of the halls of Cooperstown going, Nope. Nope. I mean, look at the thousands and thousands of players that have played. You're telling me there was nobody one year that was worthy of being in? Like, come on. That that's just seems like some people would just want to be assholes. And you're totally right. We should have more guys walk around with that jacket, Hall of Fame members being ambassadors for the game of baseball, bridging generations, having grandparents tell their grandkids about these guys. I saw that dude play and here's some stories. Then you get interested and you look them up. Like there are so many things that we should be doing uh, involving our alumni that we don't do uh, and putting some of these guys in the Hall of Fame that are absolutely deserving is one yeah. of them. Uh, you know, it's interesting. First of all, you said uh, a Hall of Fame jacket or something you said about that. In the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you get a gold jacket, right? We call you a gold jacket if you're a Hall of Famer. Would you like to see the Baseball Hall of Fame start something don't like they have that? Jackets? Where they they do... have jackets they wear, don't they? I don't think so. I know like the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Famers all have the red jacket. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like the Twins Hall yeah. of Fame. They'll have like these blue jackets. Yeah. Yeah, get some jackets, Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. And by the way, we have lost a significant number of Hall of Famers in recent years, right? Joe Morgan, Lou Brock, uh, Bruce Souter. Uh, there's been a bunch, Tom Seaver. So we have lost some of the greats of the game. And these, these weren't even guys in their 80s. You know, these are guys that passed away a, a little on the youngish side, some of them. And um, I think it would, I think it's great honoring people. I think it's just such a touching, touching moment. Like the two times where sports isn't about money, in my opinion, is when guys win championships. And I've had the good fortune of covering World Series and Super Bowls where life-changing moments for people. And then when they get in the Hall of Fame, I just, I love that raw emotion. So I'm looking forward to it tonight. I hope there are at least two other people who join McGriff in Cooperstown. I would say Scott Rowland gets in. Um, I think I'm going to believe the hype on Todd Helton as well. And I think that Billy Wagner is going to get in. I think that'll be interesting. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL and people. It is time Four NFL teams left two conference championship games, and we got a doozy of a deal for you. If you're a new customer, you can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. And even if you're not a new customer, we can do these stepped up same game parlays. You take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100 
50%. And all you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code baseball today. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code baseball today. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We talked about this last show, the possibility of the Minnesota Twins trading Luis Arise. He did get dealt to Miami for Pablo Lopez and two youngsters. Did this trade make Minnesota or Miami more interesting? I think a little bit of both. It was a good trade. We talked about it, and I think the conclusion we came to was if we were the Twins, we wouldn't do it one for one. And they turned that down and ended up getting two prospects. So I think if you're the Twins – it was a difficult decision to let go of a rise because he's, you know, was a fan favorite. He does a lot of things really well on the field. It's, it's really fun to watch him. And in the end, like this is an entertainment business. Um, but for a baseball decision, I think they made the right move going and getting Pablo Lopez, who can probably slot in as at least your three, possibly your two. Uh, and and ha- having him for a couple of years is, is it's valuable. And when you want something valuable, you have to give up something valuable. You also get the prospects, um, which is cool. Like a couple of these, I mean, one of the guys was uh, a big time amateur signing and um, some of the scouting reports that I, I've talked to some of the guys that the twins in the twins, um organization they really like him so i think for miami you get a dynamic hitter and a lineup that needs offense i know what jake mentioned on talking baseball they kind of need slugging um and the rise is not going to offer you that but you also need table setters so he's a guy that's gonna people in miami are gonna love him but i think as a baseball Mm -hmm. decision um even though twins fans are a little hurt by a rise leaving because he was um, very beloved there i think as a baseball decision it was good for the twins yeah, you know, he is a guy that puts uh, the bat on the ball, which I like. Um, I think it'll be fascinating with the new rules this year in the shift, how much more it helps him, if it helps him at all. Um, you mentioned that Miami needs slugging, and they didn't get that. Well, they're relying on guys they gave big, big money to last year, being last healthy year, yeah. and being productive, right? Jorge Soler and uh, Avisel Garcia did squat. Yes. So if they're... If they're not back to what they paid for, it's not going to matter this Arise deal anyway. Uh, with that being said, I was talking this up with with uh, one of our coordinating producers over at NFL Network, Alex Maloney, who's a dear friend of mine and a huge baseball fan. He says, does Arise coming to Miami actually make them significantly better? I said, probably not. You know, I think it does. Probably not. I think it does. Because they needed offense in general, Chris, not just they, slug, need they needed everything. And this yep. guy, look, I mean, he's uh, he's not going to be a huge OPS guy because he doesn't slug. But like when you, he's a table setter. He's getting on base at a 375 clip. Uh, he's yeah. going to work at bats. Although one thing I did find interesting, Aaron Gleeman, who is one of the writers that covers the Twins for the Athletic, uh, he put out, um, you'd think that he saw a lot of pitches per at bat, but he was kind of just right around league average at like four pitches mm. per at bat. And there's several guys on the Twins that see more pitches per at bat. Um, but I think what the difference is, is his contact rates a little higher. Yeah. But I think with all that being said, it's, it's one of the reasons I would say it makes the twins more interesting, right? I've mentioned this several times that Sonny Gray and Molly and, uh, Kenta Maeda are all free agents after this year. So this does give them some stability in their starting rotation for a guy who has a couple more years of, of, um, control. So that's good. And I actually think the twins have had one of the most fascinating off seasons period. You know, they just added Michael a Taylor yesterday and that's a gold Glover. 
you know, that I, will come in handy in part because of the way they have to rest Buxton. So yep. all of that makes sense. A lot of the moves they have made this year have made sense. And keep in mind, you know, you might look at the final standings and say the Twins finished laps behind the Cleveland Guardians. Well, heading into September 1st, they were one game back. And then they stunk, and Cleveland was great that last month, and that's why you saw that huge margin. But it doesn't feel like the Guardians, the Twins, and the White Sox heading into 2023 are separated by that much. One one more interesting fact about all this is the fact that Chisholm's going to be going to center field. And, yes. And uh, has declared himself the early favorite for gold glove in center field. Um, so that's interesting. And then – are we ever going to talk about Joey Wendell starting at shortstop for the, for the Marlins? Like, is that going to work? Arise and Joey Wendell up the middle. No offense. Those guys are excellent ball players. That doesn't really seem like a middle infield. That's going to kill it defensively. Well, yeah, it, it means they better hit. And um, Miguel Rojas, you could say about whatever the year he had offensively uh, in part because of injuries, but that guy could catch everything. Yes. And, you know, it 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 only goes unnoticed until the guy who replaces him can't catch anything. So we'll see. That's something where, you know, and that was not a team to hit the ball. It's built on pitching. And you know better than anybody. If your pitchers don't trust your defense, that's a problem. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, a lot of fan fests over the weekend. I loved seeing it. I love seeing the interactions where the ball players are all up on the stage and there's a lot of people asking questions. I fall in love with the kids that ask the questions. I think they're adorable. I want to um, focus on the Blue Jays winter tour where this adorable little girl asked the question and Vladdy gave the answer. What team did you was the easiest to play this year? Oh, Vladdy wants to answer that? The Yankees. The Yankees! All right, uh, so Vladdy's had a couple of those this offseason where he's kind of poked the pinstripe bear, if you will. All fun and games, or is there a little bit more to this perhaps budding rivalry? I think it's all fun and games. I think Vladdy was going for the easy, you know, applause and laughter from the kids. They all know the Yankees. To them, the Yankees are, you know, the the big bad wolf. So he he went for that. And when you're on these fan fest tours, like, you're just trying to have fun with the kids. You're trying to be a good dude. You actually saw Kevin Kiermaier like, hey, bro, are you sure you want to say that right now? Um, the fact is they weren't that easy to play last year. I think their record was 8-11 and 11 against them. Vladdy played okay in yep. those games. I mean, he didn't play okay. He played really well. 8-33 OPS, and he had five homers in those games against the Yankees. So he enjoys playing them, but uh, they got to get over the hump. You know, the, the whole, like, last season was a movie or the trailer this season is the movie and then this. It's like, I get it. I'm okay with shit talking, Chris. I really am. I think it's all in jest. It's not like super serious but there comes a point in time where it's like bro like you got to do it on the field against the yankees right. and you got to win the division and you got to get past them in the playoffs and all these things or else it just becomes like all right that's enough uh yeah i thought it was fine it, it doesn't bother me it's cute i i found the reaction from some in the twitterverse including some people we work with yeah. somewhat oh, hilarious <laughs> because i think they took it seriously like yo bro Shut your mouth. You guys went eight and 11 against this light. I'm like, they were just having fun at their little winter. Fan yeah. fest. Like, it's okay. I, I imagine, or I can't imagine that, that Aaron judge and Anthony Rizzo and Garrett Cole are all sitting there saying, you see what fucking Vladdy said at winter fan fest. 
Like that shit no, doesn't you, even register. You know what? Well, you know what? Okay. Well, Judge is off doing his like media tour now. Yes. Go, go, Judge. Yeah, right. Like, awesome. Good for you. Uh, so it's not being really brought up now, but I guarantee during the year when they play the Blue Jays, it'll get brought up. Baseball players, you might not like react right away, but they hear these things. And then the heat of the moment, you use it, Chris. You take that inside, you Wait. turn it into a little bit of anger. And then Garrett Cole might be like, you know what? This heater in might go a little further in. So wait a second. You're saying that uh, Garrett Cole in a July matchup might roll back to a mid-January fan fest in Toronto where a little girl asked who was the easiest team to beat. Is that what you're trying to explain to me? Not one particular instance. We just talked about this. It's been a couple different ones. And if you know it's at first you you you, you knock it off, you know, whatever's pesting you, and then eventually you, you smack it, right? Mm-hmm. If it becomes over and over and over again, and you know, like, you know, if the Blue Jays win the first series, they get a little cocky. I don't think that are they going to do the home run jacket? I don't know, but it begins to irritate you a little bit. Again, I have no problem with this, but I'm just telling you how you people think, especially starting people. pitchers. Yeah, you are petty yeah. little people. You baseball anything players. you can find, anything you can find though for a little extra motivation in July. Yeah, you take it, Chris. Okay, win the fucking game. How's that for motivation? Love that. I love that. <laughs> All right, last thing. Uh, more interesting little tidbit we saw out of the National League East. Johnny Cueto's entrance during his Marlins introductory news conference, which was flat out unbelievable, or Spencer Strider's impression of a public address announcer at Braves Fan Fest. For those of you that didn't hear it, here we go. And now, the starting lineup for your Atlanta Braves. Led by the manager number 43, Brian Snitker. Leading off playing right field, number 13, Ronald Acuna Jr. Pretty impressive. I'm kind of over Spencer Strider right now because he just seems to be like one of those guys that's just really good at everything. He's very good at baseball. Um, he can do what he just did. That was really impressive. He grows a nice mustache, so I'm kind of out on him. I like yeah. the Cueto thing better because I feel like he was like practicing for a Dominican Republic WBC championship yeah. celebration on the mound in Miami. That's what it seemed like to me. He's like, boys, we're going to be doing this. I don't know if he's, is he on the team? I'm not sure if he's not, he'll, I'm sure he'll be there on the mound with the flag. I like this, Th this, that got me fired up for the WBC watching Cueto do that with the flag. He had the truck out there, whatever. I'm fired up now. Dude. How big is that going to, play in Miami I that's gonna be awesome that's what I'm good. talking about um who'd you I like to tell you that well the Spencer Strider thing caught me off guard first you know I was just kind of shuffling through Twitter and and so I was like okay well I'll press play and I was like holy shit that yeah, is it was good because he he had the little you know like that little part where you when you're introducing and here comes your starting lineup for your John Boy Media Blitzball team. Ooh. Right? His is better, though. And you're like a voice. Like your, your voice is your thing. I know. Well, he also, but he has a specific mic and, you know, the reverberation and all that sort of stuff. I'll come back. and Hey, I already knocked that out of the park by singing <laughs> Oh Canada at the floorball tournament. You your voice is And to beautiful. save those freaking three Canucks. 
from the embarrassment I, of not knowing all the words to their national anthem. That is very embarrassing. You don't know your national anthem, but uh, Strider, he's got a cool name too. Like I'm, I'm just, yeah, you know, sometimes I get sick of these dang people who are good at everything. Yeah. Well, how do you think sick I of myself with you? Yeah. It, it is interesting. Every time I see Kiermaier in a baseball hat, it's crazy, man. You guys must have been mistaken for one another when you were down in Tampa together. Uh, people, yeah, him and Travis Kelsey. Although I'll say, uh, and I'm a very fair person. I, I think Kelsey. I'm the I'm I'm three. I'm number three of those guys and as far as hotness. I would go me to Kiermaier to Kelsey. Okay, have you ever been near Travis Kelsey? I met him once, I believe, in Kansas City. Okay. Yeah, so I've talked to him a, a couple of times, right? I mean, had him on the desk at the after the Super Bowl, uh, after Super Bowl 54 win, and then met him. You know, he's a Cleveland guy. Like, oh, I didn't true. know that. Yeah, so he played in the celebrity softball game. Um, he was a good baseball player, actually. He hit one out at Progressive Field in high school when he played for Cleveland Heights High. He was a good, yeah, good player. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. you are nowhere close dimension wise to Travis Kelsey. No, he's a big boy. He's a he's big, big boy. boy. He's a big boy. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, anything coming up on job boy media that we should know? Well, we're, we're, you know, doing talking baseballs twice a week. We have one um, that just came out. We talked about, you know, the arise trade and, and the Jazz Chisholm moved to center field, had some fun with that. And then we're starting people, our team profile and projections. That's why we're going to have to move baseball today mm. to tomorrow because we got to binge these things. If we're doing 30 episodes, you know, they're all about 15 wow. to 25 minutes long, depending on the teams. And it's a lot of work, but uh, we're excited to start it. And that's starting on Thursday. I think it'll be released early February. Okay, good. Those will be excellent yeah. to listen to. Very, very uh, digestible as well. Latest episode of the Rose Rotation with the chess master himself, awesome. Joey Votto. Yeah, he was really good. That's he one of your best. On a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I would I would say it was one of our best episodes because of the breadth of things that it covered. You know, he went to Brazil this offseason to go get his first tattoo at age 39. And the story behind it is really remarkable. It's really unreal. You know, I kind of start off by saying, Joey. You had to go to Brazil to go get a tattoo. Like you couldn't have gotten one in Toronto or in Cincinnati. He's like, no. And he explained why it was very specific and very important to him. It's an excellent, excellent story that he's got there. Uh, he tells us why he he had 10. I think he had tickets to 10 World Cup soccer matches that he canceled at the last minute. He was going to Dubai and Abu Dhabi and all that sort of stuff. And he canceled it at the last minute. Really, really good stuff. So that's coming out. Uh, just did a just caught up with Lucas Giolito last night. That'll be out next week. We'll talk more about that Very either cool. tomorrow or next week. So um, thanks to everybody for hanging out with us. If you want to join us live on the days that we do baseball today, please join us on the AMP app, which you can download on your iPhone. And that gives you a chance to mix it up with us and ask questions and comments and concerns and all sorts of stuff. So for our one-of-a-kind producer, the shit-talking Dan Rourke, and my man, Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Wednesday on Baseball Today.